Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome to Kitchen Club with me, Sarah Malcolm, and my fabulous friend, Serena Lapp. Kitchen Club is the weekly podcast that brings you conversations from our kitchen table. Each week brings a new guest, a new area of expertise to get stuck into, and a new recipe created with our guests' three favorite ingredients that they've got in their kitchen right now. We also ask our guests to share their healthy habit, which is something that they do daily or whenever they need a little boost to enhance their physical and mental well-being. We like to try that out ahead of recording so we can let you know how we got on. This week, we are speaking to the woman I think everyone would want to live with. She has been coined as London's Marie Kondo and is the brains behind Declutter Dollies, a comprehensive organising and home styling service that promises to turn people's chaos into calm. I mean, how lovely. So our guest this week is the brilliant Dilly Carter. Dilly helps her private clients become more organized in their day-to-day lives, both physically and mentally, by overcoming their domestic disarray. In the episode, we chat to Dilly about how organizing and decluttering our homes can have a bigger impact on our mental well-being than we might think. And she gives us some simple steps on how we can get started at tidying up our own spaces, even when the task feels kind of overwhelming. Her three favorite ingredients were courgette, aubergine, and tomato, so keep listening for the recipe. Dilly's healthy habit is also such a fab one and one that we could all probably do every single day in our mornings. I really connected with it. It was it was lovely. So here is Dilly Carter on Kitchen Club. Hi Dilly, welcome to Kitchen Club. Hello and thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for making the time to come on. Shall we dive straight in with ingredients? Why don't you tell us about your three favourite ingredients? Oh, I think I said courgettes, tomatoes, and I can't remember what my third ingredient was, but I think there was definitely courgettes and tomatoes. Yeah, and aubergines. And aubergines, that's Mm -hmm. it. Oh, I love aubergines. Yeah, I love aubergines. (laughs) Courgettes, aubergines, and tomatoes. And it's funny because my husband hates all of those things. Uh, So... 
Yeah. So if I'm like, oh, should we have something aubergine? He's like, oh, no, thank you. But I probably don't cook them well enough because I don't know really know what to do with them that much. So I always enjoy other people's aubergine dishes. So if someone else has something that's aubergine, I will always go for that. And if it's on the menu, I'll always go for it because I don't cook it well enough. So I'd love to know some amazing recipes with aubergines and aubergines. Mm. Do you like cooking? Um, I d- um, funny. I, I enjoy cooking when I know what I'm doing. If I should, mm-hmm. you know, I can just about follow a recipe, but I don't think, oh, what amazing dish can I cook today? Um, I do, I would, if I had the money, I would have a bit. So maybe that answers that question. <laughs> do you love, love eating though? I love it. Oh my God, I love eating. I love eating so much. I love eating. I love eating out. I do enjoy cooking for my friends. So, but I, like the best thing I can cook is probably a Sri Lankan curry. So, um, mm. you know, when people come over, um, I will generally cook that because it's my like signature dish. I can do it really well. It's always amazing. And I love that type of food. So anything Asian, anything Indian, anything Sri Lankan, um, home cooked food, that style is, is you know, right mm. on my street. So that I can do really well. But anything else, I'm a little bit, ooh, little, not that great. I have to say Sri Lankan food is my favourite food of, of all the food ever. Yeah. It's such a different style of food, isn't it? But it's so good. It's so good. Mm. So comforting as well. Serena, shall we, shall we, what did, what did you make for Dilly using her three ingredients? That's Dilly, I have made you a phyllo tart with Ooh. roasted aubergine, courgette, cherry tomatoes, red pepper, feta, red pesto, fresh thyme and chili flakes. Oh my goodness. I literally want to eat that now. I hope that's the pack. Have I got a package coming here? <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can show you a picture of it right now because I actually finished making it about 10 minutes ago. Oh my goodness. That looks so tasty. So Yay! you'll share that recipe with me, obviously. Yeah. Oh, and then one day we'll meet in person and we'll cook it for you. Serena, I'm, I'm so excited about your tart. I'm going to make it as soon as I can because Dilly, Serena is the queen of tarts. Um, so I'm sure this one, not the Queen of Hearts, Queen of Tarts. <laughs> I'm sure this one is going to be so good. Oh, it's babe. You think I need to go to Tesco's and go and buy some pastry and, and, and create that. Definitely. Yeah. Let's get into why you're really here, Dilly. <laughs> Apart from the fact that we want to hear everything about you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you've had such an incredible few years. It's been wild for you you've been you've been hailed as London's Marie Kondo which that's a big big old title isn't it it's a big old title actually the BBC gave me that title and um I took it and I've run with it so yeah I'm not happy <laughs> with them um but although I will say actually um you know it's great because actually from a social perspective, uh, perspective and social media perspective and advertising marketing it was great that I was given that title but Actually, I'm quite different to Marie Kondo um, in in many ways because Marie Kondo comes in and, uh, you know, she shows you what to do. She then leaves you with the tools. She guides you. She educates you. And then you do it yourself, whereas I physically come in and I do it. So it's not just a this is how to do it. Off you go. I'll mm. come in and go, right, I'm just going to do it for you. And there you go. Um, you do the hard so work. Actually, it's a lot more intense. Um, but what I do on my Instagram as well, not through my main feed, but through a lot of my stories and my lives, is I, I try and teach people how to do it themselves so that they can follow my practice as Marie Kondo does. So in that, in that respect, 
I am similar to her, but in a physical working respect, um, I'm completely different because I come in and I do it for you. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle is because they know how to do it. They've read the books. They, they know exactly what you're talking about, but they can't actually get their heads around it and do it because of time. You know, it could be mental healthy reasons. It could be all sorts of different reasons that there's a block that's stopping people doing it. Um, so that's where, why they will employ someone like me to come in and go, right, you can do it. You're going to do it in far quicker time and, you know, with far more professionalism than maybe I would. Yeah. And I'm sure um, so many people would just love to live with you and just love to have you in their house constantly. I don't know. My husband might disagree about that. <laughs> <laughs> Has sort of organising and, and decluttering, Jilly, always been something that you've enjoyed? How did you get into a career of basically sorting out people's crap in their homes? Yeah, exactly that. Um, it's funny, actually. Yeah, I've I, I've just been talking to someone actually doing another interview about that. My mum and dad were the bipolar opposite of me. And I, and actually, funnily enough, I say bipolar because that's what my mum suffers with. But she, um, they were the complete opposites. You know, I grew up in chaos. I grew up in a mess. My house was so untidy. Everywhere was untidy. So it just made me think, I, I can't live like this. This is not how I want to live. And my bedroom was immaculate, whereas the rest of the house was complete tip. Um, it wasn't inviting. It wasn't, you know, it was, it was warm and it was friendly and it was loving, but it was a complete tip. So um, I just, I knew I didn't want to be like that. and so from a very young age I always used to move my room around and even you know change the color of the walls when my mum and dad were out you know so I always had a really awareness of space a social awareness of space and how you can use it and how you can maximize it so I think that's something quite key as well that I, I do which is maybe different to other organizers is I'm very good at looking at someone's chaos very quickly even just by um, over the phone by zoom um, and going right this is what you need to do this is what you need to change this is how to do it so um, I grew up and you know I always was the person that would come around and I'd be the friend that would come and help you sort out your wardrobe and tidy up your house I'd be the last one at the party clearing up uh, you know reorganizing the cupboard so it's funny it's always been in me Um, so I think the reason that I actually started my Instagram um, was just because my friend who's marketing said, you need to, you're so good at it. You need to get on Instagram and you need to start showing people how you do cause and afters. I was like, really? She's like, yeah, just start doing it. And so I did start doing it. And then, you know, it just grew from there. Um, and actually the reason I started it, sorry, is because my mum had mental health issues and I went to her house and I saw the way that she was living and I knew that I needed to help her and change that. And I changed it like her house around in the weekend and realised I can do it really well and make a huge difference. And there's probably a lot of other people that need my help. Um, so I just thought, yeah, let's let's try and do this more as a career. So I just started doing it in people's houses locally to me, friends, family. And, you know, everyone was like, oh, my goodness, you, you know, you need to come back. You need to do this room. You need to do that room. And it just grew from there. So then I, you know, started charging. And, uh, yeah, that's where it just escalated. Wow. That's often the best ways, isn't it? Just to have a passion. When you realise, you know, the thing is throughout my life, I tried lots of other things and that always came back down to doing something organising related. Um, you know, as a living PA, I lived in private houses and looked after people. So that, you know, I was looking after the whole family. and It wasn't just reorganising their houses. It was everything to do with organisation. So then I went off and I tried something else and then I'd come back to it. And actually that was what I was best at. And when after I had a baby, I was like, what am I going to do? And I thought, I'll just start doing a bit of cleaning. And then it just turned into more organizing. And then it just was like, actually, this is what I'm really good at. Let me try and hone in on it and, and see if I can make a career out of it. And yeah, that's what's happened. It's so cool. I feel like I know so many people who could 
like who desperately need you to come over and just do their whole home. I'm one of those awful people that like, if I buy a candle, I'll keep the box. And, and people are like, why, why have you got that? You've had a candle box for four years. And I'm like, oh, but it's pretty and it smells nice. And they're like, no, that's weird. Get rid. So the thing is, it is fine to keep candle boxes. It's fine to keep boxes, but as long as they're not taking up space in your cupboard that you actually need. So if you've got like three shelves full of candle, empty candle boxes, but yeah, you've got a cupboard that's overflowing with vials, then you have to weigh up what's more important to you. So it's, you know, you could be using that space in another way. And that's what I try to teach people. Mm-hmm. it's fine to keep things it's fine to have lots of things it's fine to have a home full of loads of things but is it overtaking your life is it that actually mm-hmm. you're wondering why your house is a mess because actually your cupboards are full of empty boxes when your cupboards could be full of all the stuff that's on the surface so put things away um I feel like it's about it's kind of it's like obviously surface level about having a tidy home, but I feel like there's probably a lot more going on on a deeper level, on an emotional level for a lot of people. Can you talk a little bit about the link between like having a tidy house and a tidy mind? Problem is with a lot of people is 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 a time because people that say I haven't got the time to clear up or I haven't got the time to organise and actually who has the time to spend six hours you know reorganising their kitchen reorganising their wardrobes but the the effect that lots of these things have is is much bigger than you think for example you know you wake up in the morning. And, you know, the first thing you do, you open your eyes, you look around you, you know, there's piles of washing on the floor, you know, there's stuff all over the side of your works, there's stuff all over the side of your um, drawer unit, you know, you've got loads of beauty products everywhere, you've got loads of makeup everywhere, um, you know, you go into the bathroom, you can't find your pills because, you know, the shelves are all unorganised, you go downstairs, you trip over something, you know, you walk through the kitchen, you open the, you get your cereal out the, the cupboard and, you know, something falls out, you know, you get into the car, you're trying to find a water bottle and there's 20 in there you know you then get to work and you're feeling stressed and you're like why do I feel so stressed all I've done is get up and come to work so actually it's all these things that I call the trail of destruction that have a huge effect on you that without you really realizing so if you correct that path then actually you're going to feel better I mean even getting up in the morning going to your wardrobe if you're struggling to find a black shirt your jeans your you know your suit jacket you know if you correct that and you make your wardrobe more organized so that you know in the mornings when you're getting ready to work it's easy just to open up your wardrobe see where everything is get dressed go to the bathroom everything's in the right place it makes such a difference to your working day and how you feel you know we all know how we feel when we get dressed and you know if we're going on a date we make the most amount of effort we look for the best we look for the best outfit we put on the most powerful outfit that we've got and we off we go but if we don't have those things ready to hand and if it's not easy to find then you know if you're still you know scrambling through drawers of knickers that have got holes in you know that are tatty and you're those on and you're going to a, a meeting in a shirt that's not ironed properly you know in a skirt that you could just you drag from the back, back of the cupboard all these things are going to make a difference to how you feel we know that power dressing is a thing we know that clothes affect us in such a huge way mm. so it's really important that those things we pay more attention to because actually they're so much more important than we sometimes let on so being able just to find you know a good solid bra in the morning the right colour knickers for whatever you feel like you know a good a, a shirt that matches your skirt whatever it is makes a difference so it's important you know I mean we need to make sure that in the in the mornings when we open our wardrobes that everything we have in our wardrobe makes us feel good you know who wants to be rifling through a wardrobe trying to find 
address that you know just about it but doesn't really and it's not that great but you'll wear a big chunky card and a cardigan over it to cover up the fact that it's a bit tight or it's a bit too big mm. or whatever you know so it's important to make sure that we edit our wardrobes to make us feel good because we want everything in our wardrobes to make us feel good we want to be able to put on everything think even if it's just a gray jumper actually I love this gray jumper I feel great in it um I don't have anything that I don't like in my wardrobe because so many of us are wearing the wrong things so many of us are actually going to work in suits that don't fit so many of us are going to work in trousers that don't fit in jeans that are the wrong shape so all these things matter so it's really important that we look at every part of our homes and mm. our wardrobe our bathroom cabinets our kitchens you know these are all really important places and if your bedroom isn't a sanctuary if your bedroom is just carnage and it's a mess um, and everything is everywhere then this is going to affect your sleep whether you like yeah. to think it or not that you know it's the bedroom is the last place you go at night it's the first place you wake up in the morning obviously so if these places aren't a sanctuary if they're not calm if they're not neat if they're not tidy if they're not organized they can affect the way that you sleep if you're trying to clamber into a bed that's you know got horrible yellow pillows that haven't been changed for five years that you've had since uni you know and you've still got <laughs> a friend's duvet then maybe they're the reasons that you need to create you know get yourself a really good duvet get yourself good pillows you know you'll enjoy going to bed look at your bedroom and think god i love getting in my bed not like oh my god i just I, i'm just getting in it because i'm I'm just getting in it and I'm just getting out of it because I'm just getting out of it, you know, because sleep is such an important commodity, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Absolutely it is. Um, and what about, Dilly, like the element of organising and cleaning as a sort of task for mental well-being? And it is, because I feel like it is kind of a mindful thing absolutely. when you're cleaning and sorting. And for me personally, I feel like sometimes I can't relax until I've tidied and like swept the floor, mopped the floors. And then I can be like, ah, oh, finally I can relax. A, a lot of people get, um, you know, mental clarity from having a good sort out, a good organized. And like I said, you know, we, we, all feel better don't we if we've cleared out our wardrobe at the weekend we're hopping into work on a Monday because you know we're wearing our we've, we're wearing an outfit that we found at the back of our wardrobe that we forgot we'd had and you know everything feels good you know our houses feel clearer and so we're more positive aren't we on a Monday because we've had a really productive creative weekend and you know our homes are now tidy and organized and we're feeling better so the the difference that makes in you emotionally and mentally is is huge so yeah you know actually you know after every job I do the difference that it makes for people is sometimes life-changing sometimes people can't they can't they can't even sit on their sofas you know they can't sit at their kitchen table with their family because there's just stuff all over the place or you know they haven't been able to go into a spare room because it's been like eight years um and they've never really tackled it, they never got round to it so these things make a huge difference so that's what we're trying to do is give people back their space and give people yeah. back their mental clarity so that they can see better and feel better um, about their homes it's making me feel quite stressed just thinking about people with like that level of stuff in their house <laughs> if there's like if there's like too many books on the kitchen table I get I get like a bit upset by it and now I'm like Whoa. You do though, don't you? you? You suddenly think, oh my things, I need to sort this out. You know, it, it's like having too many, you know, an overflowing sink full of dirty dishes. Even that's like, oh God, I've got to tackle all that. It's stressful. And when the washing basket is overflowing, that's stressful. When the chair in your bedroom that's covered in clothes um, it is, is not reducing, that gets stressful because you think, oh God, I'm going to have to spend all weekend doing that now. So it's about trying to reduce those things. And there's lots of ways that you can do that. You mentioned a little bit, Dilly, about obviously the the well, a lot about the pros of 
what this process brings to people's lives. But I'm sure there must be a lot of emotional attachment when you're with your clients Mm. for them getting rid of stuff. My mom is, she really emotionally attaches herself to everything. And there's um, a beautiful word in yoga practice called a parigraha, which is actually probably my favorite word in Sanskrit and yoga and yoga life. Um, And it means non-attachment. And it's something that I have to remind myself of almost every day. And it can, you can kind of apply it to anything in your life. Mm. But how do you sort of allow people to get over that emotional attachment to stuff? And what benefits do you see once they simplify their lives in that way? Um, yeah, it's such a good question because uh, so many people go, oh my goodness, you're going to come in and literally make me bin everything in my house. And I'm like, Absolutely not. That is not my job. You know, I won't make you get rid of anything. And in fact, you don't have to get rid of anything. I'm teaching you how to use your space more creatively to, to create space within the home that you already have. You will realise there are things that you can reduce. I won't even need to tell you. But by me being there and by, by us going through this process, you will see for yourself the things that you don't need because it's, it, it's almost like a lesson. It's like me coming in, it, just me being there, the presence of me being there, people go, oh my God, why have I got like 15 wooden spoons? Why am I keeping all those photos from you that actually I don't even know half the people in them? You know, why am I keeping... Why am I keeping my yoga mat when I gave up yoga 15 years ago? Why am I keeping five guitars when I don't play guitars anymore? By going through the process, um, you find that actually people get rid of things without you even having to tell them to get rid of things because they suddenly, you're pulling everything out. For example, you're emptying that whole kitchen. Everything is in front of them. And suddenly now, because I've grouped everything, they can see that they've got 15 salad bowls. They can see that now they've got four blenders and that they've got, you know, 18 different Nutribullet holders, uh, cups. And, and they're like, oh my goodness, I only use the same one every time. Why am I keeping all 18 of the whole set? I mean, Nutribullet needs to have a little word for themselves, don't they? Because everyone, every house I go into, everyone only uses two or two of the cups, but yet they send about 15 different sizes, don't they, with every Nutribullet? <laughs> yeah. There's handles, there's non-handles. Yeah, absolutely. One with handles, one without handles. I mean, you know, who does actually use the whole Nutribullet range? But anyway, no, um, I don't tell people to get rid of anything. People think, oh, I want to get rid of stuff. I want to get rid of stuff. And actually... It's about reducing the stuff that you don't need because the things that you do go through that make you feel emotional, keep onto them. If they make you feel something, keep onto them. Say, for example, you're keeping all your memory stuff because actually, you know, it's Hindu stuff. It's your 18th, your 21st, your 30th. All those pictures are great, but you've got six bags of clothes that you know you're never going to fit into again. Get rid of the six bags of clothes, but keep the stuff that means something to you. So it's about weighing up the things that mean something that don't. So there will be somewhere, some part of your life that you can reduce. And there'll be others that you absolutely can't even go near. That's no way I'm I'm touching that stuff. That's out of areas. That's out of bounds. So that's fine. Keep that stuff. But let's go through the wardrobe. Let's go through the trainers. Let's go through the clothes. Let's go through every other item. Let's go through the kids' toys. So it's about reducing what you can where you can and just being more aware of the things that you do need to keep. That's all, uh, And that's what I'll do by coming in. I'll say to you, right, okay, I've put it all out. Let's have a look at it. You tell me what you want to keep, but why don't we? I will always make suggestions and say, look, I don't think, you know, this is this is a more beautiful salad bowl. Keep that one. You don't need five others mm. because actually this is 
better. Have a few, but don't have 15. So that's, it, it's a lesson. Yeah. And do you tend to see patterns in the things that kind of, like the things that people hoard and that they have loads of? I'm picturing like those TV programs on Channel 4 about like the super hoarders where they've got rooms full of cardboard boxes and things. I mean, coming back to me, the box hoarder. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Empty boxes is a major thing. iPhone boxes, iPad boxes, computer boxes, um, any type of, uh, you know, mixers, anything that kitchen appliances, people always keep boxes for. iPhones, iPads, um, other things that people have lots of, lots of wooden spoons, utensils that they never use. Do you think that there's a reason people hoard so much, Dilly? Do you think they're like filling a void or? No, no. Do you know what? I think the the reason people buy so much is because we used to be a society of buyers. We used to just think we needed everything in our homes and we had to fill them. But now I think we're learning that we have to live with less and that we don't need as much. And I think also, especially in this after this pandemic that we've been in, this current climate, I think people are looking at their homes and thinking, why are we surrounded by so much stuff? You know, why do we need all this stuff? It's been, you know, they're really analysing everything and looking at their homes again and thinking, actually, we've survived on very little. We don't need all the amount of stuff that we have got. So it's it's that I think it's, it's it's a strange one, isn't it? Because people have lots of different habits as to why they buy things. But it's it's about trying to teach people you don't need to have full cupboards. You don't need to have 25 tins in your cupboard. You don't need to have, you know, 300 bags of crisps. You don't need to have every single variety of Robinson's drink. You don't need to have multiples of everything. You know, so many people bulk buy when they haven't got space to bulk buy. Mm. You know, I often get people go, oh, I live in a one-bedroom flat in, in Hackney, for example, and I've just got no space in my kitchen. I'm like, you've got no space because you've got 24 kitchen rolls. You don't need 24 kitchen rolls. You know, you've got 24 toilet rolls. You've got, It's only you in the house. You've got 18 plates. You know, you have to think about how many people are in that house and how much of everything you need for the people that are in that house. So many people buy... For the rest of their family so they'll buy thinking well there's 24 of us at Christmas well yes there is at Christmas but not the rest of the year so you don't need to constantly buy for everyone else you don't need to buy a huge kitchen table when there's only ever two of you sat at it you know you have to be realistic about your space and that's what I try to educate people about is it's not just about what you're buying it's about how you're using the space you've got because I think as a nation as consumers we are so used to filling that space and thinking right we've got this amazing kitchen Let's fill everything. Let's let's make sure there's loads of plates in that cupboard. Let's make sure all the cutlery is in that drawer. And we need every single utensil. We need a garlic press. We need this. We need that. We need, when actually, we all know that we're creatures of habit. You know, even with our pots and our pans, we'll probably use the same pan for a chilli as we will for a curry. Probably only four or five pans that we really realistically use. Yet we've got 18 because when we went to Ikea originally and got our first flat, we bought everything because, you know, our mum's <laughs> with us, our dad's with us. And they're like, oh, just buy whatever you need. Oh, no, you'll need that. You'll need that. What about a pan for your What about a pan for this? And you yeah. just think, oh my goodness, yeah, of course I do. Because society is telling you we need all this stuff when actually we don't. My boyfriend said something good to me recently, like at the start of lockdown, because I think he could tell that I was sort of getting an itch for needing something. Yeah. And he said to me, tell me now what you think, what next quick kitchen equipment we need. And I was like, I don't think we need anything. And he's like, yes, good. Remember that. <laughs> When you next think we need something because we don't. <laughs> exactly. It is. It's, you know, it's the same. Actually, I'll go back to the Nutribullet. The Nutribullet can work as a blender. 
there's uh, lots of different tools so it's about thinking what have I got in the kitchen that actually works multiple ways so for, for example people will often have a slow cooker a hot uh, you know a hot pot a you know uh, lots of different variations of a pan that does slow cooking I'm yeah. like you can just have one pan and that goes in the in the oven and that will do the job of those five other pans that you have so it's about trying to think can I use a multi-tool can I use a multi-product that's going to do the same job for lots of different things rather than having five things for that one job and I think sustainability comes into it all a lot doesn't it and how we we are as a nation trying to be hopefully more sustainable in every little element of our lives and buying clothes that we don't need things that we don't need obviously will not add to that is that something that you you see a lot 100% 100% and, and I try and encourage people all the time to buy quality over quantity you know invest in your wardrobe you know slow fashion down obviously we're all aware that fashion has to slow down mm-hmm. and it is slowing down I think slowly and slowly and now people are starting to think actually I don't need all that stuff and you know I've survived lockdown and I've survived you know not having much stuff because I know we're not going out as much but also you're going to look at the stuff that you have got and think I don't need it all. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to invest in quality stuff, but even as, you know, as much as your kitchen stuff, you know, buy a good peeler and you can have that peeler for 20 years. You know, things you don't have to keep buying cheap, you know, buy cheap, buy twice. You know, yeah. my husband says it all the time and it's so true. So it's better to invest if you are moving into your first flat, you know, and your mum and dad or whoever are going to buy you something, you know, ask them to buy you a good set of pans. Ask them to buy you some good OXO staples, you know, your peeler, your, your masher, all those types of things. So, uh, you know, that will slow things down because then they're going to last. You know, the, the old school homes that I go into, you know, the older homes with people that are older generation, they still have their Le Crusoe pants and when they were young, you know, that their parents gave them and they're still great and they still work. They don't need to have new pants, you know. So there are some houses I go in, you think you did it well, you did it right the first time. Same with your glasses, same with everything. So it's really important to think about what you're buying and just slow that process down. Um, I do something, a test that I talk about quite a lot is that would you wait till Saturday test? And the would you wait till Saturday is... If you like something, for example, you get an email from Nest Porter or wherever and there's the most amazing black dress and you're like, oh my God, I need that dress. I need to buy it. I need to buy it now. But before you hit click and you buy it and within seconds it's in your basket and then the next day it's in your house, you have to think, would I wait till Saturday to buy that dress? Can I wait till Saturday to buy that dress? If I had to go to Selfridges to try on that dress, would I still want that dress? So wait, don't buy it. Wait till Saturday. And on Saturday, if you still feel the same way, then you've made the right decision. You have made the right decision in buying that dress. But if by Saturday you've completely forgotten about the black dress that you were looking at on Monday, then did you really want it? Yeah. It's so important to just slow down and think, right, do I really want it? Do I really need it? And actually, if I wait another month, could I buy an even better black dress for a little bit more money that is going to last me? time and time again so it's about thinking about everything that we've got and how we can use it and how we can reuse it rather than just thinking about everything that's just instant you know worn once you know how much can you get out of it what how many costs what is your cost per wear what you know what is Mm. longevity absolutely Someone taught me that Saturday test, but about eating chocolate. And they were like, if you really want to eat chocolate, can you wait 15 minutes? And if in 15 minutes you still want it, then fine. But normally in 15 minutes, you've forgotten about it. I wouldn't oh, forget. Really? Oh, I'd always want it. As a way of stopping you just chowing down on chocolate no, nonstop no, I, all day. I 100% can't wait 15 minutes. <laughs> 
Do you find it really satisfying tidying people's houses? Like, do you have a favorite room that you're just like doing bedrooms or doing kitchens is so good? Oh my God, I'd be unsatisfied. And I love, and it sounds really cliche, but I absolutely love my job. I've I've really struggled in lockdown, not being able to go out and being able to do homes because what I do best is transform, you know, rooms, kitchens, bedrooms, bathrooms, whatever it is. So not physically show people what I can do and just, you know, do some flashbacks and, you know, try and create content and do some lives and teach people how to do it themselves. It's been really hard because actually I love it. I love going, you know, the more chaotic it is for me, the better because that's (laughs) the bigger transformation. So I love going into people's homes. I think I love, I've got real affiliation for some reason with kitchen. I love kitchens. I love being able to reorganize a kitchen. So I think that's, you know something that I do really well I mean wardrobes are so easy to me they're second nature so I've been doing them since I was you know so young wardrobes that I don't feel as I don't feel I love doing them but it's so easy for me to recreate Mm. over make it look incredible but kitchens everyone's kitchens vary so much that it's so powerful when you do it because it changes people so much and they're like oh my god I would never have thought of doing that why have I been why have I been reaching up to the top cabinet to get my plates why have I not been putting them in a drawer why have I not done this why have I not done that I can't you know so it's such a change because it's a it is such a change and and I think the thing with what I do is and what I tell people about all the time is you have to empty everything and start again that's the difference between me doing it and you doing it if if you are going to organize your kitchen you're probably just going to have a little tidy and move a few things around and maybe clear out the cupboard I'm going to come into your kitchen I'm going to gut your kitchen I'm going to empty every single solitary cupboard and drawer and go through it all and put it all back um so I'm going to do it completely differently to you I've got a completely different agenda to whereas you may you know and especially with your yeah. friends when they're coming around to do wardrobe they're the worst people to do your wardrobe with because your friends will always go oh my god but I love that dress on you I love that dress you've totally got to keep that don't get rid of that <laughs> Do not get rid of those shoes, whatever you do. I remember, what you, oh my God, we were in Ibiza when we bought those shoes, you've got to keep those shoes. And you never end up getting rid of anything, do you? <laughs> Although my best friend, she's brilliant at wardrobes and she goes, when was the last time you wore this? I haven't seen you in ages, get rid of it. Oh, good. So yeah, if you've got a friend like that, then perfect. But a lot of us don't, you know, or we have mums or, you know, sisters that are going, oh no, keep it, it's so nice, it's so nice. She's <laughs> Didn't I buy you that jumper? Hold on a minute, why are you getting that? <laughs> Is it very time consuming? Um, it can be, you know, it depends, you know, obviously I'm going to do a thorough job. So generally I work like a six to eight hour day. Some jobs take days, some take weeks. It depends on the size of the house, on the volume mm. of the clothes, on the volume of the ha- of the items in the kitchen. You know, I can do, I can do a tiny kitchen and it could take me a whole day, a whole mm. eight hours, you know, otherwise another tiny kitchen might take me two hours. It really depends on the volume of stuff. You know, this is what I was saying, you know, people cram their cupboards full, you know, I can go into a really small kitchen and it's over flowing the tops are full the cupboards are full there's not space anywhere so that can take a lot of time because you've got to empty it all and go through it all and see what you've got before you can reorganize it I really want to watch you at work can you do a program can you like can we have a word with the BBC or someone and get them to give you a show because it would be so satisfying to watch I know so many people say that when we you've got to do a TV show I'm like, oh my mm. God, I'm so I'd be so wooden on TV I think no you would. no you'd be amazing I'm fine when I'm talking naturally but as soon as there's a camera in my face I'm like uh, uh, <laughs> you don't have to do it behind the scenes and not you know without me looking I, yeah I think people love a transformation don't they people love mm. after they love to see what you're going to do with it yeah and i'm surprised there hasn't been one yet actually i'm really surprised there hasn't yeah been. me too well okay, you're next well, well yeah it's you it's got to be you oh, let's hope so let's hope so <laughs> <laughs> um and of course if 
if anyone listening is like, gosh, I really want Dilly in my home, but they can't have you in their home. What would you say are some like first steps to, to tackling a, an organization? Um, well, number one, if you can't have me in your home, then you should book me virtually because then I can give you the advice that you need to tackle it yourself. Um, so I can walk around your home with you and tell you exactly what you need to do, where you need to move things, why it isn't working where it is and what you need to change. And I can do that very, very, very quickly. So that's always... All right, Dilly, we're off. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's the first thing I can do. But um, I would always say start with the worst room. And most people always say, oh, start small and work up. But I would say tackle the worst worst place first so for example if you've got a spare room and say your boyfriend's into spit, fit, fitness fitness um, or something and it's overtaking your spare room and it's causing you to argue and it's causing stress and um that is the worst room that's always causing arguments start there because you want to relieve that stress because that's the most important thing the most mm. important thing is to relieve the area that's causing you the most problems so if you are arguing in a relationship which many people do and clutter affects relationships way more than we think it does you know so many Many couples argue because one is tidy, one isn't. One is over tidy, one isn't. Um, one it wants to clear up, one doesn't. You know, one has one way of doing it, one has another way of doing it. That causes arguments constantly in houses, and so many marriages break down for, because of that. Because people can't cope anymore because nothing's being done and nothing is changing, um, and some people just naturally can't do it. So whatever is causing you the most stress attack that first because once you've done that big room you've ripped off that plaster everywhere else will be a breeze and everything else you will want to do because you've done the main room and you're like oh my goodness it looks incredible so now you will want to go and do the other rooms because you'll think well if I did that I can definitely do this so always start with the hardest room or the room that's causing you the most problems because that will reduce the stress in you and make you feel better and actually it'll be encouraging for you to then go on and do the other rooms and to sort out all the other areas. I'm suddenly really aware of like how much clutter you can see in my background. <laughs> I'm going to try and fill up the screen so you can't see how messy my room is. I'd like to pretend that I didn't notice your bookshelf or anything behind you, but you know, I can't help. I'm always, I'm always scanning when I'm on Zoom calls. I'm always looking at people thinking, oh, what have you got in the background? Is there too much on my shelves? No, no, it looks lovely. It looks beautiful. Your home looks beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I've, I've seen a few Zoom memes where people are like, literally, they've got like nothing behind them, but then like chaos around when they <laughs> just space in their house. Uh, even when I'm watching the like football commentary or something that's, you know, like a Sky Sports, because my husband's into sports, obviously, and keeping up with the news. When you see them all talking, I'm like assessing their backgrounds, going, oh my goodness, why have you got a bookshelf like that? Like, why, when did you last organise your books? I'm like completely stacking <laughs> everybody. So, yeah. When I teach my yoga online, my, my carpet is just like rolled up to the side. In fact, I actually quite like to show my students, like, this is what's going on <laughs> around the room. Yeah. That's a real misconception as well, though, because I think people, you know, I'll go around to my friends and the first thing they'll say is don't look at my fridge, don't look in this, don't look at this. Um, but, you know, my house gets untidy like everybody else's, you know. I have moments when, you know, all the cushions on my bed are on the floor because obviously you take them off because I dress my bed every night, every day. So they'll be all over the floor. There'll be a pile of clothes and washing, you know, but it's all very short-lived. That's the difference with me. So, you know, I can get messy because we're normal. We're a house. We're a family. We've got, you know, there's a child. There's toys everywhere. There can be paperwork. But it's all very short-lived. And mm. it goes back very, very quickly. And it can be organised very quickly. But the thing is, the main thing is with everything is that it's got a place. And I know where everything is in my home. So that's the difference between me and maybe someone else. So untidy isn't the issue. It's not about tidiness. It's just about knowing what is 
is in your highs and that you can access it easily that's the difference so it's mm. not just about having an aesthetically beautiful home because people can have aesthetically beautiful homes that are you know pristine on the outside but you open the cupboards and it's chaotic and they wouldn't know where anything is so yeah. that's the changes that I make. let's talk about your healthy habit Dilly, that you that you told us something that you do daily or whenever you need to is just make yourself feel really really great I particularly yeah. loved your one can you tell us what it is uh, well, I have a happy corner in my kitchen and my happy corner has um, a, a beautiful vase, some faux flowers because they last because they're sustainable um, and a candle and my Alexa. So I play music every morning to my to my Instagram followers. But mainly I started doing it because I love music. I'm really into my music, um, but I'm really into my old school music, my old school R&B, garage, hip hop, all that type of stuff. 80s, 90s, smooth classics, Mariah, Whitney, all that sort of cheese that some people hate, but it makes me feel good. Every morning I come down, it's the first thing I do is put on two to three songs every morning um, to my followers. And, you know, and actually when I first started doing it, I was just doing it because I enjoy it. It gets me up in the morning. I have to have music on in the house all the time. Uh, And so I thought, actually, I'm going to start incorporating that in my Instagram. And then, you know, and now everyone, you know, follows my playlist they like my music or you know they'll be like oh my goodness and a lot of for a lot of people it's reminiscing you know it's reminiscent mm-hmm. of time it's gone by because it's always old music generally so people go oh my god I remember I was in a club when this came on and blah 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 so I mean this takes me back to my uni days because you know I'm 14 this year so it, it's such a difference you know so the music I play the most of my followers are similar ages you know mm-hmm. if not younger but even the younger generation are listening to the music that we listen to so it is yeah and it's got a little quote book as well which I added at the beginning of the year and I love that and so many people have bought that since I've had it because actually it's a bit of morning positivity we've we've um, been putting it to the test and um this morning well I I think music it does have such an effect on you doesn't it and this morning my my favorite playlist at the moment that is like getting me out of my brain funk or whatever is there's a throwback workout um playlist on spotify and it's like early noughties usher nelly that kind of vibe and it just put me in the best mood It does. That's what I mean. Music does, isn't it? Music can change your mood so quickly. You know, yesterday I was playing Adele because it was rainy and it's a bit depressing. But, I, you know, actually I listened to her and I was like, I forget how much I love Adele. And then, you know, today is a bit more upbeat. But you start feeling right. Okay. You can change your mood so quickly, can't you? I once went on a life coaching course with Tony Robbins and Mm. for a weekend, I don't know if you've heard of Tony Robbins, Mm -hmm. he's like the guru, isn't he, of life coaches. And he was like, you know, you need to, you need to make your move, make your move. You have to have have a move that you suddenly, you know, even if it's literally like, whoa, yeah, that's my move. And you suddenly change your, the way that you feel. And actually he's so right. And it's like music does that for me. You can just snap out of it, put on some really good, you know, old nineties, garage and suddenly you're like yes let's get this day going let's move so it can change the way that you feel and I love that about music Serena top top songs for you oh I hate when people you know when like someone asks you a question like that and all songs go out your head I've I have got a happy playlist on Spotify that I keep adding to and it's none of them are like particularly cool songs but they're all just songs that remind me of like a holiday or Mm. a time I was with a friend and all of them instantly I listen and I'm like 
my mood is totally switched around. I love it so much. It's so incredible what a difference it can make. And Dilly, you've got your playlist on Spotify so we can go and listen to them. Yeah, all my playlists, all my, uh, all my 80s and 90s R&B. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, yeah, all, all that is on there. All my like 90s crooners like Whitney and Mariah. Yes, the best. Uh, mixed in with a bit of Nirvana. They're lively anyway. The D-Cut Dollies, Let's Get Lively, that's my favourite. There's some okay. good ones on there. Put that on shuffle. You'll, you'll be like, you'll find yourself popping around the kitchen. Thank you so, so much, Dilly. This has been fascinating. And I'm like, I've got so many things to do today and I just want to go and tidy my house now. <laughs> yeah, well, at least as long as I'm encouraging you and inspiring you, that's yeah. my job. My job yeah, exactly. Done. Thank you so much, Dilly, for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been so lovely. I'm so excited to try the tart. Yes. The tart will, will be your new favourite. I'll be thinking of you while room. I eat it for lunch after this. I'll wish that you were both with me. Oh, thank you. And I will look forward to making it and I will share and tag you when I make it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much, Dilly. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so, so much, Dilly, for making the time to come on Kitchen Club. I know that it shouldn't be about this, but I just have to say it. She is so beautiful. I'm totally in love with Dilly. I know. She is such a dream. She's stunning, isn't she? Yeah. But she's also incredible, and I wish that she was in my home right now helping me sort through my mess. Like you said, Serena, I feel like now I just need to start organising my house when I've got so much to do. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you, Dilly. You are such a dream. Um, If you want to find out more about her or follow her ever useful Instagram page, then we'll leave all of Dilly's details in the show notes at the bottom of this episode. And if you want Serena's incredible tart, Serena's queen of tart recipe, (laughs) then head to our Instagram at Kitchen Club Podcast. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-